This is The Cable. How much retail ownership is in stock? Tech story is front and centre. What will this wind up doing to the cost curve? Your connection from the London market close to the US market action. A significant sell-off in European assets. So it feels like a lot of these stocks have already priced that in. This is a stock that is increasingly being shorted. The Cable with Guy Johnson and Alex Steele. Behavioural challenges from the pandemic could linger for years on Bloomberg Radio. Good evening and welcome. You're listening to The Cable. We're live on DAB Digital Radio in the London area. It is five o'clock in the city of London. I'm Guy Johnson in London with Alex Steele over in New York. Uh, we are on the uh, the verge of the Easter weekend. Volumes a little light today. London markets uh, down around, uh, well, down around half of 1%, circa 1%. Oil stocks. Uh, actually acting as a bit of a drag today from a sector performance story uh, here in Europe today, Alex. Uh, And this as we watch OPEC very carefully. Yeah, so this was really interesting because it was a surprise. Um, Basically, OPEC is going to start plus, is going to start increasing production starting in May over those three months. Um, 350,000 barrel increase in May and June, and then they're upping that by about 100,000 in July. The reason why we care is because this was a surprise. (laughs) The market was pricing in a two-month rollover of the current cuts, and we didn't get that. Um, But it does seem that the Saudis are still going to be in charge of this. Like They still have that one million barrel a day cut extra that they're doing. So we'll see what they say about that. You'd be excited anyway. It's nice that there is actually some news here, but you'd be excited. It's nice for you because now you want to talk about it. Otherwise, you'd be like, oh, great. OPEC, Alex, talk now. That's pretty much what I was expecting, but <laughs> exactly. but it, it's turned out not to be the case. Uh, we caught up with Goldman Sachs's head of commodity research, Jeff Curry, a little bit to get a little bit earlier on to get his take. This is what he had to say on this. Well, I, I think that this announcement is pretty close to being over home plate, which is why the market has taken it rather benignly. Um, you know, I would say that the consensus view, in our view, was zero in May, a million in June, and a million in July. Um, what you're likely to get now in that reversal of the of the original uh, unilateral cut, you're probably going to get something like 250, 350, um, you know, 400, and then a reversal of the cut. So it mounts to the million, a bit more upfront in May. That's rounding um, error for all practical purposes. And I, I think the bigger point is what's going on the demand side. The demand numbers rock solid in in the U.S. Um, I think there's two things we want to point out about about the demand picture is that one, it's not just mobility and a rebound in services in the U.S. Today's ISM shows that, hey, it's part of manufacturing. And I think the other point, too, is that when we look at growth right now, and this was apparent with the PMI in Germany um, last week, is that it's not just about China and commodities. Um, the West is a very important part of this overall story. So it's broader across the um, economy and it's broader across geography. Mm-hmm. Yes, you have the lockdowns in Europe, but we think that that's a temporary speed bump. So, Jeff, that's the demand side. I'm wondering how you looked at the supply side in relation to OPEC. I mean, part of the conversation was that Russia and Kazakhstan were going to want uh, another exemption, but the UAE and Iraq were going to say, no way, not again. We want to sell the oil that we want to sell. What kind of pressure do you think we saw from them? Well, when you look at the rest of OPEC, 
20% of them cannot reach their quota right now because of underinvestment. Mm. The fact that Saudi Arabia could cut production by 11% and watch prices rise by 40% and we still not see a supply response in the current environment is telling you that in the very near term, supply is nearly inelastic. And those that have the capacity, which are primarily um, core OPEC, which is the GCC countries and Russia, are sitting on all the spare capacity that really matters. Um, you know, so it, it we'll probably yep. see some of that increase in coming weeks. But I think the key message here is supply is mostly inelastic right now. And a couple other points um, on that also. Um, not only is demand going to increase, but you have a refinery and maintenance season, usually in Q1 and Q4, that have now kind of stopped. So you're going to get a little bit more demand uh, from the refiners as well. So interesting to see how uh, those uh, details wind up playing into it. Um, okay, well, let's get more details now. We're joined now by Salil Ayilam. Yilmaz, excuse me, Sally Yilmaz, Bloomberg Intelligence oil and gas analyst. Uh, see, I get so excited that I start slurring my words when I talk about OPEC. Uh, Sally, uh, talk us through what your reaction is. Were you surprised by this? What do you think? Uh, sure, I actually agree with you, Alex, in that uh, this wasn't quite the positive surprise that we almost got accustomed to and uh, from the last couple of meetings uh, from OPEC. And uh, I mean, the press conference is ongoing right now, and uh, as you also mentioned, I'll be very keen to see what's going to happen with the one million barrels a day voluntary cuts by Saudi Arabia, um, and that's definitely something that we're going to be watching as well. And I think overall, uh, and c- considering what I think was uh, forming out to be the consensus, I think this is a relatively bearish outcome uh, from the meeting. Uh, yep. But we are seeing oil prices holding up rather okay. And I think that's probably uh, partly due to the strong manufacturing and economic activity uh, that we saw earlier today uh, from the U.S. And I mean, I think I, th- th- there is what OPEC is probably thinking right now is that demand will increase in the next three months. But I mean, a lot of debate around just like what the pace will be. And I mean, you were early, earlier on, you were talking about uh, demand outlook for the U.S. It is looking promising, which is true. I think vaccine rollouts uh, have been imp- has been impressive yep. and uh, is quite positive. Uh, but I think the concern in terms of demand is really the rest of the world. In terms of what the right price is to keep customers happy and producers happy, what do you think it is right now? I mean, we, we have heard uh, some of these uh, member nations and some of the companies like Total say that around the current price range is probably, uh, and perhaps even a bit lower, is the ideal uh, for perhaps some of the oil-consuming nations as well. And, and I think going into this meeting and the outcome that we've got uh, compared to perhaps the Saudi stance that we saw last month, is that Saudi has been under a lot of pressure from some of some of its uh, clients and some of its oil-consuming countries after oil price, uh, I mean, flirted with $70 a barrel uh, uh, following the previous meeting. So I think uh, probably this range between um, 60 to $65 a barrel for Brent is probably where a lot of these OPEC Plus members are probably, um, I mean, may not be fiscally breaking, breaking even, just yet, but are happier than perhaps uh, uh, perhaps pre- the previous year. Yeah. And a lot of the oil-consuming nations are 
happier than when oil price hit $70 a barrel. And I also have to wonder, too, does this help leave the OPEC Plus alliance intact? If they didn't do this, eventually this two-track production where you Kazakhstan and Russia on one side and everyone else on the other side was going to create some real issues. And I wonder if this helps prolong the unity. A hundred percent. I think that's a great point. And it is one of the takeaways uh, from today's meeting because you could really see that these exemptions given uh, for uh, namely Russia and Kazakhstan, I mean, this couldn't go on forever, right? I mean, we did have UAE... Uh, which normally um, almost always uh, agreed with uh, what Saudi policy was previously and historically. But we did see them last year uh, starting to support uh, the idea of increasing output. So uh, it, it, it became pretty clear that uh, they couldn't just keep giving exemptions to certain uh, OPEC plus member nations. And this was going to be necessary at some point to keep the OPEC plus alliance intact. Sally, we're going to leave it there. Thank you very much indeed. Sally Yilmaz, Bloomberg Intelligence oil and gas analyst on what is going on with OPEC. As he says, the uh, the press conference is ongoing. Be rest assured that Alex will keep you up to speed with every <laughs> twist and turn. Uh, yeah, but also you have to wonder too what the U.S. producers now will make of it if they feel comfortable in a range. We already saw production uh, from the DOE saying that we were up to over 11 million barrels of oil a day again uh, in terms of production. So they're moving. They're grooving. They are, but the economy is accelerating, and that manufacturing data today just highlights kind of the acceleration that we are seeing. We're in the mid-60s for the ISM manufacturing number out of the States. These are strong numbers, and you're going to need oil to power that. Uh, We'll talk more. We're going to get into the market details in just a moment. This is Bloomberg.